Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. Phone lines are open, 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the program. Uh, You know where we have to start today, probably the place nobody wants to start. My wife has cancer. And there is no cure for her cancer. She takes a pill every day. It serves as a form of oral chemo, gives her crazy side effects. As long as the side effects happen, we know the pill is working. One day the pill will stop working. It's supposed to stop working after two years. Uh, And she's six years in and it's still working, thankfully. Her cancer is in her lungs. It is stage four. And it is held in stasis by this pill and has not spread out of her lungs. And every three months, metronomically, we show up at the hospital and she gets a CT scan and blood work and meets with the doctor and they give her three more months. And this has been our routine now for six years. I am an evangelical Christian, as is my wife. We are in the Presbyterian Church in America, uh, which is the denomination of this school in Nashville. Uh, The pastor is a friend of friends of mine. And I bring up my wife's cancer because I get asked by people who are not believers, people who aren't Christian, uh, if there's a very nice man in, in Great Britain that I interact with on Instagram who has asked me this before, he's an atheist, says, how can you believe in a God that would allow your wife to get an incurable form of cancer? And I've seen in the last 24 hours a lot of people asking the same thing about the people in the school, an evangelical Christian school where three children, including the pastor's child, and three employees have been killed by this shooter. Yesterday on Instagram, a man named David Packman put up a tweet, and this is it. Very surprising that there would be a mass shooting at a Christian school, given that lack of prayer is often blamed for these horrible events. Is it possible they weren't praying enough or correctly? despite being a Christian school. A lot of people fundamentally misunderstand this, particularly as this country has moved beyond the faith of its founders. And I at least, whether you're a believer or not, at least would like for you to understand the beliefs of the people in the school. I am in a uh, Reformed theological seminary who produces many which produces many ministers that preach into this denomination of believers. And I will tell you the answer here for them, for my wife's cancer, is how can you not believe? You believe in evil, which therefore suggests you believe in a good. And if you believe in a good, there's got to be a standard. Everybody is a moral relativist until they get into good and evil, and there's a clear standard of good and there's a clear standard of evil. Where does the good come from? Tim Keller, the theologian, also in this denomination, the PCA, has written a book and and says it comes from the great says who. If there is no God, who says what is right? Who says what is wrong? Who says what is good? Who says what is evil? There must be some 
universal arbiter because everyone agrees that no one should go into a school and murder children. So where does that come from? Society itself, really? Does it come from society? Is it just the mob rule of who says good and evil, but miraculously everyone everywhere in every generation has concluded the same thing, that this is bad? Or does it come from some divine spark within us? And if so, where does that divine spark come from? The answer to the evil is not that there is an opposing countervailing good, although there is the answer to the evil, as I see it, as these people who died see it, as, as the parents of these children see it, is that evil comes from the absence of God. And it is no coincidence we are seeing a rise in this sort of evil as this country has decided it's big enough to move on from God and that we ourselves can be the creators. There is a side angle tie-in here. In Genesis 1, God creates us male and female. And the killer is one who believed that she could make herself male. She decided she could be her own God and move beyond the God of all creation. And in monstrous evil ways, returned to the elementary school of her youth to kill the children there. Evil is not the opposite of God. There's no yin and yang here. There's no karma. Evil is the absence of God. You can choose not to believe in God, but then what do you believe in? When we're confronted with an evil like this, someone killing children in a school, innocent kids, we're confronted with evil. Well, there's got to be something on the other side of evil. And what is it? I think it's a divine creator. And then you say, well, why would your God allow this? Why would your God allow this? Why does your God allow children to be gunned down in school? Why does your God allow your wife to get an incurable form of cancer that will more likely than not one day take her life? Why does your God not cure her? Why does your God not shield these children? If you believe in a God who's so good, he must not be all-powerful. And if he is all-powerful, he could have stopped this, and he didn't. Therefore, how can you say he's all good? The answer is that he himself did not escape the evils of the world, but chose to walk with us through it. In two weeks, two to three billion people on planet Earth will celebrate Easter Sunday. These people, the majority of the planet, or I guess the plurality, I should say, 7 billion people on the planet, 3 billion of them believe the God of all creation condescended himself, being born of a virgin, lived through life, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, killed, buried, descended to hell, and three days later came out of the tomb. You see, what these people believe in the school that gets them through this is that they can't escape the evil in the world, but God didn't escape it either. The evil in the world comes from the absence of God. The evil in the world comes through our sin. The evil in the world is something where God isn't, it exists. 
we in our sin state left the Garden of Eden and we twisted the world. Disease comes from our sin state, Christians believe. The cancer, the fallen world, it all comes from that fall. It echoes and ripples throughout all of history, and we can't escape it. And so God chose to live life with us as a human being, enduring it with us. The sins of the world piled up on him on the cross. He died, and he conquered death. That we don't get to escape this world, and he walked through this world with us, so he knows exactly the tragedy we're going through. He weeps for these children even as he wraps his arms around them and welcomes them home. That's what this family believes. That's what these people believe. That's what these believers believe. That's what most of Western civilization has believed until now. And it is, again, not a coincidence that as we as a society move beyond that belief, we deal with these tragedies more. Joe Scarborough on Morning Joe this morning was talking about how something has happened clearly in this country in the last 25 years. We've had Newtown, Connecticut. We've had Uvalde, Texas. We've had had Parkland, Florida. We've now had Nashville, Tennessee. What is going on? We've had Columbine, uh, Colorado, all of these things. I have listeners right now in Newtown, Connecticut, and Parkland, Florida, and Uvalde, Texas. I I have listeners in in Columbine. I, I know. I see them on my live stream. I know where my audience is. Families affected by this. I know people impacted directly by the shooting yesterday, by the loss of life, people who are friends with some of those who died. A friend of mine, his father, taught the children of the substitute teacher who was murdered yesterday. And these people are grounded in a faith that says that evil is the absence of God. And for those who say something has clearly happened in this country in the last 25 years, I would tell you what I think has happened is not our ready access to guns, which hasn't changed. Our our fundamental thing that has changed is that we as a country have decided we don't need God anymore, so he has left us to our own devices. And in our own devices, as he has gone, as we are in a place in a society that we could call evil. And there are a lot of good people. We saw some yesterday who stormed in. The police of Uvalde, Texas, should for the rest of their lives every day have to wake up and view the video of the Nashville police storming in to confront the killer. We have a spiritual crisis in the country, and I understand there are some of you listening right now who say we should round up all the guns. As I have grown in talk radio, I I hear two things regularly. One is stop talking about faith so much, and the other is don't talk about guns. Today, the two topics collide into one story. And I understand the people who wish to pass laws to restrict the guns. And I want my listeners who are Second Amendment advocates, as I am, to at least understand the people who have rushed to the idea that why can't we pass meaningful gun control? Why can't we round up all the guns? They're looking for a solution. They don't want to just not do anything. They're tired of this happening. And they're looking for a solution. Unfortunately, the solution they have arrived at is one that will not happen. Not because Republicans won't pass it, but because we have a Second Amendment in this country, and we're not going to find two-thirds of both houses of Congress and three-quarters of the states to repeal it. But they're trying to find a solution. But concurrent with that is the mental health issue 
Why is there not better funding in mental health except we're dealing with a shooter who's transgender, whose society itself now says that's not a mental health issue, so good luck getting the funding. Or perhaps we should realize what is happening in our efforts to find ways to protect ourselves and our children and those we love and our community. We, all of us, continue very often to try to find political and policy solutions for spiritual problems. There is no political solution that will protect you from a spiritual problem. And people on all sides of the aisle, Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, progressive, independent, moderate, they want to find political solutions to spiritual problems. We're dealing with a spiritual crisis in the country. We have stopped believing in each other. Hey, we have stopped loving our neighbor. We have turned inward and we have made ourselves our own gods such that we now believe we can make ourselves male and female. And in the fallout, the casualty count now includes three nine-year-olds in Asheville, Tennessee, a custodian, a substitute teacher, and the principal. There are a lot of people who are struggling today with this news. It has happened yet again. And why do we as a country not do something about it? I don't blame or cast aspersions on anyone today who's screaming about gun control. At least they want to do something. But their solution isn't going to happen. And the sad thing is that the debate over mental health, it's not going to happen either. We keep going in circles on this. And until we come to terms with the actual problem, a spiritual crisis, and the absence of God in our country, we're not going to hear the end of these stories, unfortunately. There will come a day when every tear will be dried out of every eye and all things will be made new, and we're not there yet. I would at least like those of you who are not people of faith to understand that when you ask a question, how could this happen at a Christian school, where was their God, that they already know the answer to that. He's in heaven weeping, waiting for them to come home and himself waiting to return to make all things new. And the people who suffer and are in despair, including the pastor who lost his nine-year-old daughter, in two weeks will wake up at sunrise and say he is risen. And it is that fundamental, profound belief that gives them and gives me with my wife's situation a profound sense of hope. When our scripture says hope, it means a profound certainty. We believe by faith, but we have plenty of evidence it is true. And we will shed tears for the fallen. People will attend the funerals. They will spit on the name of the shooter. But they put their faith in something greater than themselves. And too many of us in this country are where we are as a country because we've stopped putting our faith in a higher power and convinced ourselves we are our own gods. And unless we can get back to a belief in a higher power and a greater good, we're not going to change but there will one day at least be a final day. I have not only converted my entire family to bull and branch sheets, but a lot of my friends as well. 
because I actually believe in them. You can feel the craftsmanship. And the amazing thing is that these sheets get softer every time you wash them. Don't believe me. Give them a try right now. You can get early access to Bowling Branch's spring sale. You use code Eric, that would be my name, E-R-I-C-K, and get 20% off today at BowlingBranch.com. That's BowlingBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is Eric. Exclusions apply. See the site for details. I got to tell you guys, these sheets are designed for incredible night sleeps. They're made without toxins. They're free from synthetic pesticides, formaldehydes, harsh chemicals. They fit really deep mattresses, and I've got a thick mattress, and they don't shrink up, which is great. Take care of the sheets. The sheets take care of you, and you get a 30-night risk-free guarantee with free shipping and returns on all U.S. orders. And right now, use code ERIC to take 20% off today at BolandBranch.com. That's B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com, promo code ERIC. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here the phone number 877-973-7425. Let me get to a phone call here. Greg, welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Eric. Glad to be on your show. I, I've called once before. I'm a longtime fan. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to mention this. Uh, you know, I'm upset about this, as everybody is, and, and I know a lot of parents are upset. And, and like you just said, everybody wants to do something, and they're looking for a solution. But I don't know why we all think that there should be a national solution. Um, you know, whether you know, there's a lot of solutions out there. You're going to put uh, veterans in the schools or arm the teachers or whatever. The the same solution that works in Georgia doesn't have to work in California. If if they want to do something, they need to be at their next school board meeting and ask their school board, "What are we doing in my kid's school? Uh, what are we doing to ensure my kid's safety?" And start on a local level. That's where we can make a difference. Yeah, amen to that, Greg. You know, we know from the Nashville police that the shooter targeted this particular school um, because not just she went there, but also because it had uh, less security than others, including glass side doors uh, that she shot her way through to get into the school as opposed to uh, the, the steel doors that a lot of schools have on their side doors. This one had had glass doors and, and did that way. I, I will tell you, though, the media is really struggling to cover this. The New York Times and USA Today have already come out and apologized for getting the pronouns of the shooter wrong, a female who identified as male. And in Texas, of course, listen to this from a local station in Texas. Hale, who police say identifies as transgender. That news has already prompted some attacks against the trans community. KPRC2's Bryce Newberry picks up our coverage from here. Demonstrators at the Texas State Capitol Monday fighting against anti-trans bills being considered by state lawmakers as news broke that the Nashville school shooter identifies as transgender. And went on to suggest that uh, there would be a backlash against the trans community who were the real victims. Terry Moran on ABC News did the same thing, pointing out the shooting came just after Tennessee passed laws on uh, genital mutilation. Uh, Just trying every which way not to deal with what actually happened. Welcome, America. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, feel free to call in. Um, I, I got I to gotta go somewhere that I, I wasn't going to do this, but I feel more and more compelled that I should. 
in May of 2019, a transgender man, meaning a female who identified as a male named Alec McKinney, uh, shot up a, a school in Douglas County, Colorado, uh, saying that transphobic students were being targeted. In November of 2022, a, a guy who said he was non-binary named Anderson Aldrich shot up uh, Club Q, the gay nightclub. Uh, it was pretty immediately blamed on uh, the right and the right wing. And in fact, this guy said he was non-binary and the media refused to believe it. In September of 2018, a uh, woman who identified as male murdered three people at a Rite Aid distribution center in Aberdeen, Maryland. Over the last 24 hours, uh, you've got um, an English professor at Wayne State University who said that uh, of Judge Kyle Duncan, who spoke at Stanford University, that uh, Stanford hecklers should not have just heckled him, but should have murdered him because he was a transphobe. Got a uh, transgender activist online who last week was calling for preemptive self-defense actions against Republicans. And in Nashville, Tennessee, after legislators passed uh, laws restricting genital mutilation of minors, the trans community declared that April 1st would be a day of vengeance. And this transgender shooter in Nashville actually had a manifesto and was lashing out against the cis-hetero-Christian community. I am not, and do not hear me say, that all transgender activists are violent people. What I am saying is that if the shoe was on the other foot, you would hear the media declare the entire movement violent. If it were Christians who had done these things, the media would declare Christianity a national security threat. If it was Trump supporters, well, you've already seen how they've labeled all Trump supporters in this country, but the protected classes that the media favors always get a pass. When the George Floyd riots burned down buildings, the protesters themselves were given a pass. It was fiery, but mostly peaceful. When the small business activists protested and did not riot, they were vilified by the media. The media constantly takes sides in these things and are even now trying to suggest that perhaps the shooter was actually really the victim here. This is ABC News, Terry Moran covering this story. Thanks to Newsbusters for collecting the audio here. Listen to Terry Moran. This is yesterday. This isn't even today. This is while the bodies were still warm. Why, that is Police Chief John Drake of Nashville, who is briefing reporters on the deadly grade school shooting in Nashville at the Covenant School there this morning. Uh, the police confirming uh, six dead, three children 
one eight years old, two nine years old, and uh, three adults, including Catherine Kuntz, who is the head of the Covenant School. Uh, the police chief uh, also said uh, that the shooter has been identified as 28-year-old female Audrey Hale, said she's a former student of the school, and confirmed that Audrey Hale was a, identified herself as a transgender person. Uh, it, state of Tennessee earlier this month passed and the governor signed a bill that banned transgender medical care for minors, as well as uh, a law that prohibited adult entertainment, including male and female impersonators after a series of drag show controversies in that state. How exactly does that have anything to do with it other than you're trying to explain, excuse, or, or degrade what she did in some way? And by the way, she was a she who identified as a he, and major media outlets are falling all over themselves. Yesterday as well, Newsweek ran a story that said, quote, this is the, the tweet they put out, summarizing the story, drag shows and gender-affirming care for minors were banned in Tennessee this month while assault weapons remain legal. That's how Newsweek chose to cover the shooting yesterday. And then, of course, some blamed conservatives. This is NBC News' reporter, Benjamin Ryan. This is what Benjamin Ryan, NBC News' reporter, tweeted. NBC has identified the Nashville school shooter as Audrey Hale, 28, who identifies as transgender and had no previous criminal record. Nashville is home to the Daily Wire, a hub of anti-trans activity by Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, and Michael Knowles. You see, the dead kids had it coming because they live in Nashville, a hotbed of conservatism. That's the media angle here. What did you expect the trans community was going to do? You know, NPR won't refer to the shooter as trans. They keep saying uh, she used he, him pronouns. They won't use the word transgender. That they they're, The day before, they did a big story on how uh, conservatives and Republicans are attacking the transgender community. They did a piece on Florida's transgender therapy limitations for minors. They kept talking about uh, transgender health care and gender-affirming care. And today, we'll not use the word transgender, instead saying that the shooter used he, him pronouns. The media has picked a side. Now, for those of you who are enraged at what I'm saying, you should probably be enraged at the war against the truth in the press on this. Every time there is violence on the left, the group committing the violence is given a pass, is rationalized away as somehow an an angry expression of victimhood. When anyone on the right commits violence, the entire group that person is from is condemned. The reality is the shooter, the shooter is responsible, not the transgender community. The trans community is not responsible for what happened any more than Trump supporters are responsible for various acts of violence from white nationalists and the like. Individuals are responsible for their actions, not groups that the individual belong to. But the media can't help but blanketly condemning some groups and wrapping 
others into groups to give that group a pass. Which is another way of saying we're only going to keep having these situations because the media that should objectively cover these things has become so subjective to pick winners and losers that it can't really be honest about what's happening, which in this case is a growth of evil in a country that has abandoned its fundamentals, its faith, its belief in each other, and the idea of loving each other's neighbors. In this country, it is one group is the victim and the other group is the victimizer. And when the victim acts like the victimizer, it is the victim who in some way must be excused. If you remember after the stories of the Asian spa shootings in Atlanta, where it turns out the guy was addicted to sex and blamed the prostitutes working in the Asian spas, the media turned it into a, a wave of anti-Asian violence. They refused to actually engage of the actual truth of the story where the guy shot up the Asian spas because they were prostituting themselves and he had gotten addicted to sex and that was in his mind his way of repenting of his sin after he had found faith they couldn't actually grapple with that story they had to make it anti-asian violence and in making it anti-asian violence they then when it came out the majority of anti-asian violence in this country is done by young black men ran articles about how actually those young black men are in an oppressive society and they're lashing out at other oppressed minorities uh, because this this is their way of imposing on them the white violence against them, they're taking it out on others. That was legitimately the media angle when it came out that the majority of anti-Asian violence is conducted by young black men. They couldn't deal with the truth of the matter because they've involved themselves and engaged in so much intersectionalism. And then why, of course, through intersectionalism, are we seeing this massive surge in people who identify as trans? Because if you're a cis, hetero, white person who grew up in a Christian community and you want to repent of the sin of your whiteness and your cis, hetero privilege, you just convert to being a different gender. They won't let you yet identify as a different race, but you get to identify as a different gender. They will eventually allow you to convert your race as well. Rachel Dolezal was just ahead of her time too far. It was too uncomfortable. The conversation hadn't gotten there yet. But the conversation is right now that a man can become a woman. And five years ago, that was considered, no, you can't. It's amazing how quickly this stuff changes. Because they can't blame the individual's and they can't recognize the mental health issues, so they got to do something else. And so it's the Republicans' fault for passing laws. It's the Christians' fault for being too committed to their faith. It's never the fault of the shooter if the shooter's in the protected minority. We are seeing a pattern here, though, and you should note that there are trans activists in this country and abroad who are increasingly violent and calling for violence in the U.K., They've been throwing stuff at people that they, uh, J.K. Rowling has been threatened. There was a uh, feminist rally the other day. They called them TERFs, trans-exclusionary radical feminists. Trans activists showed up to start fights. But the media continues to give them a pass. It's not, however, in this case or the others, the group that's to blame, it is the individual. But while the media is going down the road of saying it's the Republicans passing laws sparking this, will the media at least consider that maybe it's also the growing calls within the trans community for violence? One trans protester held up a sign last week that had 
different guns in the trans flag colors, the light pinks and the baby blues. And the sign with the guns in the middle said trans rights and underneath or else. Can we at least recognize that a group of people suffering from mental health who the media has decided to mainstream and normalize is no big deal? Maybe, just maybe, just maybe might be something that we need to pay attention to. Maybe, just maybe we should be a little concerned. Perhaps we should be more concerned with this growing movement of people calling for their way or a violence than we should with the legal right of someone to go exercise their Second Amendment rights. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, we've got everything mixed up in the media because it's so a part of this intersectional woke countercurrents of victimization can't actually see straight to articulate what the actual problem is. Maybe, just maybe, that's the case. I want to emphasize again, though, the shooter bears responsibility. Do not blame a group of people for an individual's actions. That is what so many people in the media try to do when anyone on the right does anything. It's it's all the it's all Trump supporters, it's all Republicans, it's all conservatives. You shouldn't engage the same way, and I know you're tempted to. It's a tit for tat, but I don't think you should. I think you got to recognize that this shooter. And I don't want to name the shooter. I don't want to. I don't want to use their name. But the shooter pulled the trigger, not a group of people. Even if that group of people is calling for violence, only one of them was violent. And that person bears the blame. Now, I got to shift. I got to move on. I'm happy to take your phone calls, 877-973-7425. Right now, I got to tell you about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. You can get the three-pack. You can get three of them for less than $200. You can get free shipping. You're saving $200, and it wipes out odors. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm is an air purifier, and it's filterless. It uses uh, electrostatic plates, so as the pollen, the dust, the mildew, the mold, whatever comes through, you just wipe it out on occasion. Where it really shines, though, where I use it, I don't use it as an air purifier, but I use it as an odor eliminator. I keep one in my travel bag. They're a little bigger than my hand. I can take it with me to a hotel room. I can plug it up with a USB cord and a car to power it if someone's been smoking in the car or the rental car or something. It really does work as someone who's blown cigar smoke into my car, fired up the Eden Pure, and it wipes out those odors. You can get three of them for less than $200. One for upstairs, one for downstairs, one for your RV or your basement, your travel bag. You go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's the website, EdenPureDeals.com. You'll be confronted with a discount code, and in the discount code box, you just put in ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, and you'll get three of them for less than $200, and you'll get free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, the discount code, ERIC. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, um, I, I I have dragged on beyond where I wanted to go on this stuff, but I guess that's okay given the news. And if you feel the need to discuss it, talk about it, um, feel free to reach out, 877-973-7425. Lewis, you're on the program. Welcome to the show, Lewis. Hey, Eric, I just want to say this. Uh, most of the times when this is going on and we have one of these situations, there's always a blog, a post that these people put on before they act. 
and there's never a um, effort from the law enforcement or whoever to go visit these people and try to defuse what they're fixing to do. If we would allow that to happen when, when this is going on, we could maybe uh, disarm the person who's making these accusations. They're going to make these threats. And then we wouldn't have an emergency after the situation. There are plenty of opportunities to defuse it, and it seems like FBI or law enforcement does not want to do that, but they had to wait until yeah. we have an emergency. I want to know why that is. Yeah, you know, I wish I knew. You know, a buddy of mine said it was probably going to find out in three or four days from now that this person was on some sort of list like so many of the other shooters have been, including in Uvalde, Texas, that uh, the FBI was aware and didn't do anything. We now have this. This is breaking news happening. Uh, at 9.57 a.m. yesterday, a former middle school basketball teammate of Audrey Hale looked at her phone to find a message from the Covenant School shooter on Instagram. Everenia Patton said she saw the message, Hale planned to die by suicide, and Patton would see it on the news. In the message Patton provided to News Channel 5, Hale told Patton she'd see her again in another life. Hale told Patton about not wanting to live and the need to die. Uh, One day it'll make sense. I've left behind more than enough evidence, but something bad is about to happen. Uh, Hale said family had no idea what was about to happen. The friend tried to get Hale to call the suicide hotline, then called the Nashville Davison County Sheriff's Office to make them aware of the situation and was instructed to call the non-emergency number. By then it was too late. There were probably other clues out there as well. All right. Um, we got to talk about it. Man, today is just the, the most upbeat show. Um, occasionally funny, but not today. Uh, <laughs> gosh. Uh, there is actually, there's a survey out I want to talk about before I, well, you know what? And eh, no, I will, let me talk about guns when we come back. And then I want to get into this, this survey uh, from Axios about the future in, in America and, and how pessimistic everybody is. I'm sure it all runs together, but I'll just, let me explain the gun issue to you when we come back.